his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Chris and Amy on KMOX. Hey, the uh, the holiday concert slate is starting December 8th with uh, Gospel Christmas at Stiefel Theater. So this is the time of year you get all these special Christmas shows, holiday shows. And uh, we're going to talk to uh, Thomas Yostline in a matter of, in a matter of moments. He is the uh, principal, associate principal horn with the St. Louis Symphony. And in fact, he is with us now on the Quiver River Electric guest line. We are here in the holiday season. Thomas, it's good to have you with us. How are you? Great. Great to be on. Well, we are excited to have you because uh, Amy and I love this time of year. Oh my gosh. We love all the music and uh, starting on December 8th, the, the, the Gospel Christmas is happening at Stiefel. Y- you must be ready to go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I play the French horn and to me that's the most Christmassy of all all instruments, you know? Is, is it because it looks Christmassy <laughs> or does it sound Christmassy? Uh, uh, both. It uh, looks Christmassy. There's tons of ornaments you can buy that are shaped like yeah. like French horns. Yes. Um, but of of that special sound, uh, that 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 holiday brassy, uh, festive quality is what we're after. So yeah. You know what? You're so right. I didn't think of that until you mentioned it. It is the most Christmassy of all the ornaments. Do you ever like hold that over the string section at all and just remind people? <laughs> That's funny. Um, I should. That's a new idea for me. No, I don't. Because <laughs> I feel like the string section always likes to, you know, think pretty highly of themselves. I think. Do they? I think so. I think. Who is the, the, Thomas, think... <laughs> uh, of all the sections in the orchestra, who is the most arrogant? Ooh, ooh. Well, um, stereotypically, it'd be the the trumpets. Um, really. But I'll, I'll, I will tell you, um, I've played in other orchestras on the East Coast. I won't mention them. Uh, but ours is just known in the industry as the nice orchestra. Um, conductors love to come here. Uh, we have not a single uh, Scrooge in the orchestra, so we're, we're we're very blessed here. Let yeah. me challenge you on this. Let me ask you: Is it is it nice, nice, or is it St. Louis nice? Like Midwestern nice. Midwest. You know what the Midwestern uh, nice is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, um, uh, uh, we have auditions, so we attract people from all over the world. Um, okay. This is a destination orchestra, so I guess maybe the Midwesternist does rub off on people, but okay. most of all, 
we seem to, I mean, seriously, we attract, um, I think, way more applicants than most because of our reputation for being, uh, yeah, collegial and welcoming. So, oh, that's, yeah. a, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Because uh, yeah. the Midwestern nice, Thomas, is nice to your face, but then as soon as you walk away, they say something bad about you, like, that guy can't play. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's a small world, uh, and we talk, so no. <laughs> okay, I know this This isn't uh, necessarily on topic, but you mentioned welcoming, and were you were you not on the tour? Uh, you played in a, a live broadcast from North Korea. Man, you've got some good, good sources there. <laughs> um, yes, yep, yep, I was on a live broadcast. Um uh, the two takeaways were uh, seeing actually from CNN, Kristen Amanpour, the, the legendary reporter, getting in our maestro's face, basically like two inches away and asking him all these questions. And he was kind of intimidated by her, which I, I loved, <laughs> loved seeing. Um, but, but, but also just being in this, this real hermit country. I mean, it was sad. I mean, seeing uh, the waiters kind of stuffing their pockets after the, the banquets and you know, um, just, uh, yeah, it was like being on a, a movie set it was in a very forlorn country. So, yeah. yep. We're visiting with uh, the associate principal horn with the St. Louis Symphony, Thomas Yostline. Again, uh, the holiday shows are beginning. Uh, so this, this first one coming up that starts on December 8th, the Gospel Christmas. Tell us about that show. Um, yeah, so this is, for me, is one of the the most fun shows to play because uh, the audience just gets into it uh, tremendously, you know. Um, uh, it's packed, typically. I'm not sure about the the, the sales this time, but, but it's, it's typically packed. Um, uh, and Kevin McBeth is just, um, I, I tell him this to his face, he's one of my top three conductors ever, including New York Phil, you name it, um, Kevin has just the right easy touch with us and with the audience and just makes it really, really special. So speaking of that, how what makes a conductor good from the musician's perspective? Ooh, you are good. Um how? Uh uh, for for a typical like a masterworks kind of kind of concert, um, we want someone to be a conduit between the composer and the musicians, and to trust us enough to allow the musicians to have a little bit of say here and there, take a little bit of you know time here and there. Um, so so it's a funny thing. The the the, the less control you exert, the more we actually end up watching the conductor and being more. Mm. Uh, empowering of, of, of their of their ability. So it's a funny dance. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Yostline is with us now with the St. Louis Symphony, and um, again, the shows are, are beginning here very soon, December 8th at Stiefel Theater, stiefeltheater.com if you are interested in tickets for it. Um, also, I, I have seen that you had performed on a Tony Bennett album. Wow, good source again. Um, yep, I, I was on the, uh, the the second duet album of his. Um, we were in the Manhattan Center in New York City with 75 uh, orchestra musicians. Tony was not there, full disclosure. Um, he did his own recordings with all these amazing singers just independently, and then uh, we matched uh, what they were doing. But but that it, that's a great album, great arrangements. Uh, harkens back to the the Nelson Riddle Frank Sinatra charts. Um, has a great vibe. So, well, and as we mentioned, you play the French horn. When you first got into music, did you start 
with the French horn? Was that something you evolved into? Great question. Um, yeah, I started with piano initially. Um, I grew up in Naperville, which is a Chicago suburb. Um, I've been there. And <laughs> oh, you've been there? Yeah, yeah. yep, Naper, Naperville. Um, Spent a weekend so there we one started, night. One, yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, we, we started in fourth, fourth grade, which is uh, younger than, than St. Louis tends to be. Um, I got to try all the instruments, and um, uh, I was either French horn or, or cello were the, were the two, and uh, uh, I, I chose the horn, uh, thankfully. Um, so I, I love it. Yep. <laughs> um, so I was told to ask you about an alphorn, which is mm. if, if people. So that's a Swiss uh, instrument. It's the really long horn mm. that rests on the ground. You've, you know, I'm sure yeah. people have seen it before. Like in the Ricola commercial? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, just like yep. that. Yeah. So what is it like to play that thing? Uh, so that is the same length as the as the French horn. If you don't push any buttons down, um, and basically it's it's played the same way as the horn. A uh, little different mouthpiece. Obviously, it's not not coiled up. Um, but what I love about the horn and the challenge of the alphorn is if you focus on just the music and not on the lips or the breath, then you can play anything. Perfectly. I mean, it's guaranteed success. Um, and I won't get too deep into it now, um, but that's how you speak. You think of the message. You don't think of how to, how to make words with your mouth. Um, so uh, I, I love that. Um, but I can mention, if you don't mind, um, I'm, this is not a symphony thing, uh, forgive me, but I am playing an Alphorn solo with the Troy, Illinois Community Band on Saturday evening, December 2nd. So that's if you oh. want to hear that instrument... Uh, Come on out for that. Well, yeah. where's, where's that going to be? Do you know exactly? Uh, Troy, Illinois. Um, I'd have to Google it later, but uh, it's at the high school. I, I know that in, in oh. Troy. Um, okay. So, yep. Uh, at Triad High School. Uh, 7 uh, o'clock. Triad High School, yep. uh, 7 o'clock, December 2nd. It'll be inside the cafetorium. The cafetorium. <laughs> I've never heard of a cafetorium, but I, I guess that's a thing. Oh, they're serving tater tots after the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. How, how many tater tots can you fit in French horn? <laughs> you can fit more in the elf horn, probably. Oh yeah, sure. you can. Yeah. You can. Yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, the St. Louis Symphony, I just it's such a a treasure, such a gem of St. Louis. And if people haven't gone or haven't been in a while, I highly recommend it. I was uh, talking. With um, with some kids yesterday, just like about music, uh, orchestral, instrumental music, and it's amazing how if you can go to the symphony and hear a song, and there's no lyrics, there are no words, but it can make you feel uh, sad or happy or anxious yep. or eager. It it is a roller co- roller coaster of emotions, and that still that phenomenon of, of how music can trigger emotions, make you cry, and then make you smile is just extraordinary. Oh, th- th- that's my favorite thing about music, is that, that emotion. Um, uh, and I should mention, you know, before I run out of time, but the concerts I would recommend attending um, for the symphony are our Mercy Holiday Celebration shows. Um, and they're at several locations, Lindenwood University in St. Charles, also the Stiefel Theater, which is a great place for us, by the way. Um, and at the end of the month of December, I'm playing the Back to the Future film uh, with live orchestral accompaniment, uh, and you'll hear 
the horn uh, doing not just uh, reflective melodies to start a lot of these scenes, but also that famous uh, triumphant uh, Back to the Future theme. Yes. So. Oh, that's great. I I went to that one years ago. I think you guys did the Back to the Future, again, Back to the Future, yep. I think it was the original one, and uh, Back to the Future one. People got into it. They dressed up like Marty McFly or, yeah, yeah, Doc. It was awesome. It was so good. And that starts after Christmas on the 28th of December. um, For It goes, what, for, uh, I guess, a few weeks. It actually goes into, no, no, it goes into um, just a couple of days, 28th, 29th. I know then they, they, it ends up happening in, um, in other cities as well. But for here, if you're interested in the Back to the Future, 28th, 29th of December, and uh, that's yep. coming up as well. Uh, hey, Thomas, we enjoyed talking to you. Why don't you come in studio sometime and visit with us? I, I would love that. Thank you so much. Yep. Uh, Thomas Yostline, uh, Associate Principal Horn with the St. Louis Symphony. Again, the holiday car- concert schedule starts on December 8th at Stiefel Theater with a Gospel Christmas. So stiefeltheater.com if you want to go. And you should absolutely do that because it is right now Christmas season. I don't care if the... Thanksgiving holiday hasn't happened yet. It is Christmas season right now. They're a team. They are a the team. Two, the two holidays yes. are a team. Yes. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, is it your turn now? Yes. <laughs> because love... you're looking at me like it's... Well, I was waiting for you to say, oh, Chris and Amy. Oh, Chris and Amy. KMOX. KMOX. That's right. Okay. We've got Andy Banker coming up at the bottom of the hour. He had an incident where he was fired at while reporting yeah. by a pellet gun. It happened yesterday. We're going to get his story in a moment. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question, kind of based on what Bill Mercer was saying, how a congressman teared up while they were covering the story of JFK's assassination and how they were doing their job. So you couldn't show any emotion. You can't cry. You can't look upset. You have to simply get the facts and report the facts. And it was only once he went home that he could decompress. Right. And that's kind of interesting because I do feel like those lines have been blurred a little bit with if reporters can show emotion or not show emotion. This is a bit more uh, cut and dry. So at the L.A. Times, there were over three dozen reporters who immediately after the October 7th attacks by Hamas uh, signed an open letter criticizing Israel and on on various levels. Uh, But over three dozen, and these are reporters. I'm an opinion giver. You're an opinion giver. We're not reporters. These were reporters. So the L.A. Times. Which a lot of people, I don't think, understand the difference. I know. They just think we're, everybody's the same job we're because not, we're on, but it's yeah. it's not. I, I don't, I'm not on the ground getting facts. I'm absorbing the news, learning the news, knowing history, and giving what I hope is an educated opinion. At the very least, you had three report, three dozen reporters at the L.A. Times who signed an open letter criticizing Israel. The L.A. Times didn't fire them, but it did say, hey, since you have now signed this open letter criticizing Israel, you can't cover the Israel-Hamas conflict because you've already publicized your side or what you think you're criticizing Israel. Do you agree that that is fair or unfair? I think it's totally fair. Um, While... And, and I didn't see the letter for myself. I know this happened, what, about uh, a, a week ago? ago. Yeah. Uh, maybe a week or a week and a half ago. Um, I didn't see the letter for myself. But to me, signing a letter is more of a passive, 
if this is even a thing, a passive activist? Uh, does that make sense? What I'm saying, like you're 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 taking a stance on something, which is perfectly fine, but it's it's advocacy in a different way than what journalism is supposed to be, which is reporting the truth. And it doesn't mean see objectivity does not mean that you have to both sides everything. Objectivity finds meaning the truth or finding the truth and reporting the truth. It doesn't mean that, well, I have to give the Nazis equal, um, you know, equal say here because I have to be objective and objective objectivity is 50 50. It isn't. But I think signing a letter is a little bit different than here's what's actually going on and here's who's in the wrong in this particular moment. While reporting a story, I think that is completely different than getting on board with a letter. Now, they may not be wrong in criticizing the Israeli government, but I don't think then it is I don't think that it is wrong for the L.A. LA Times to tell them, hey, you've done this. You've taken what is essentially a political stance and you've done so publicly. Therefore, we can't have you cover a news story. I think that is reasonable. Well, and also it was a political stance because some of the language that they used, uh, they accused Israel of apartheid, ethnic cleansing, and genocide. So they were using language that goes against, obviously, what right. uh, the official U.S. government would have would say as well. So two people with knowledge of the situation said that staffers who signed the letter have been told that they're not allowed to conflict. Excuse me, cover the conflict for at least three months. The letter was signed by over 1,000 current and former journalists, and it called for an end to Israeli military actions in Gaza because it said Israel's actions in Gaza represent, quote, a slaughter of our colleagues and their families by the Israeli military and government, end quote. So a pretty uh, inflammatory letter, right, when you're using words like apartheid and genocide and ethnic cleansing, not just we need to make sure we limit civilian casualties. Again, if if they believe that and they have evidence of those things, they're not entirely wrong to have that opinion. I think when we're talking about actual journalism, though, and doing a job, it, it you need to have the appearance, even though you have your own personal opinions on things and um, any reporter has political thoughts, mm-hmm. you can't have the appearance that you are lopsided one it's way like or another. You... Now, that does not mean, for example, that you can't report on a politician who was clearly lying and then say, oh, yeah. this politician is lying. You know, it's not like he says this, the other side says this, um, and therefore they're both equal and you decide. That's nonsense. If 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 the person is clearly lying, it is okay to report that this the politician lied. Yeah. He absolutely is not telling the truth. That's not a political statement. But this the, yeah. is a political statement, and then reporting on top of it, I think that's we're, we're starting to blur yeah. lines. And a political statement, which a lot of people, including myself, I would look at that letter and say, well, that letter is a lie. So it's different. And like you said with the Supreme Court, it's part of the job. You have yep. to you lose certain ability to post or accept gifts if you're a reporter or in the Supreme Court. Something really upsetting happened yesterday in this building, and we oh. need to we need to follow up on it when we oh. come back. Amy, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's Chris and Amy on KMOX. Welcome to 
It's the sound of my youth. It's the sound of the late 90s. Man. Early aughts. It's the sound that nobody knows what it is anymore. Kids so, these days. Yesterday. Am I right? yeah, kids <laughs> these days. Uh, you know, I hate to to be the old guy like, oh, these kids don't know anything. But, yeah, but this is not a this is not a morality it's not their fault. thing. It's not. No. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the three percent annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything, mom and dad. Will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Their fault. Why would they know what this so is? So yesterday we uh, we played it. Uh, we were just we were tossing around ideas before a show, and uh, Ethan Hannaford, who is producing the show right now, he's, he's he, five? he heard it. Twelve. How young is he? He's twelve. He's twelve. Are you, how old are you? Twenty three. Twenty three. He may as well be twelve. Mm-hmm. He's twenty three years old, and he did not know what that was. That sound, he couldn't, and, and I thought, come on. Which so, is weird because when you interact with Ethan, he feels like he's an adult. You're interacting with a peer, an adult, and then he's like, well, I don't know what that is. And then remember I said, well, way back, they're way young because they were in high school in 2018. And you said. I was in high school in 2018. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I was know. a senior. And so what we did is we went around uh, the building and asked a few people in their 20s and didn't get all of them on, uh, didn't get all of them recorded, but got some responses. I played the sound for them and yep. then, you know, hey, what did you what is that? And of the 20 somethings, about 15% knew what it was. So like two. So a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um our guy Wilson, who is our web guy here, he went cuz he was one of the people we asked and he didn't know what it was either. You know, he's in his early 20s. So he went and he asked his friends People that he knows played the sound for them and then asked them, what is this? And they're all people in their 20s. And he got some of the most <laughs> ridiculous responses other than uh, one person says, is it, is it the, the weather alert thing? <laughs> Which, oh, I okay. Still, and I still liked how Anna said, yes, I recognize this sound. This is what it sounds like when you're trying to talk to someone on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> She was waiting to hear, that's one small step for man. I don't think she is... knew Neil Armstrong was either. <laughs> I don't think, she, no, I don't I don't think, think she, she knew what that quote was. No, no. <laughs> but but she played along with it, I guess. Um, this person, one of the people that Wilson talked to said, it sounds like someone's phone died. <laughs> that's what? The, I don't know. Um, it sounds like somebody's phone died. Maybe they mean, well, one of the responses yesterday said it sounds like a broken machine, like a machine that's breaking. So maybe that's what they mean, because when my phone dies, it just dies. One friend of his says it sounds like a crime show. 
And he said, what do you mean by that? Like it would be in a crime show? And she said, yes. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? And I, I think I, they mean the police scanner. She probably thinks it sounds like a police scanner. Hannah from the Y98 morning show yeah. said she thought, was that radio static? Yeah. That's what she said. Someone that Wilson asked thought that it sounded like R2-D2. <laughs> Is that R2-D2 from Star Wars? No, it's That's not. Right. That's one of the people. It's this, not. This response is one that I really like. One of the people that he talked to said, it sounds like Black Ops or something. And he asked for a follow-up. He said, do you mean the video game? And the guy says, yes. Call of Duty Black Ops. It, it, sounded it sounds like, like the beginning. It sounds like the intro to that. <laughs> the intro to Call of Duty. Yes, one person said it sounded like R2-D2. Another person said it sounds like an Amber Alert. <laughs> that's not... I think they mean the EAS system. That's exactly what yeah. they think it is. Um, well, it, it's... I, I, now, I get it because when you are 23 years old, you probably heard the sound in, in the house when you were two years old, right? When you were a kid, you heard it, but... It's not like your parents explained to you what that was and that they were getting on the internet. Because if you're two, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know that you would register that as something worthy of listening to. Here's how old fashioned I am. These kids don't know what the sound of dial up is. I still call the refrigerator the icebox because oh my, my grandma called it the icebox. <sighs> Amy, I still you, call it the icebox. We need to get to a break, but do you know what? Why they call it an yes, icebox? Because they, they would, would bring deliver a, block a of ice. big block the of ice. The ice man would come. It, it was like and a cooler. I, I know. You call it the icebox. Didn't even know before. that. That's fascinating. Never, I you didn't know that? No. Yeah the the first refrigerators were basically coolers. They would deliver big blocks of ice, put it in the in the box. And it would keep all your stuff cold. Does Ethan know what a VHS is? I do. Okay. I do know what a VHS. You know is. what a beta is. No. You know what a floppy disk is? No. You ever, you oh don't know what a floppy gosh. disk is? No. This is a I fun don't. game. If you have something that you think Ethan doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a fun segment. 314-436-7900. Man, the best thing we ever did on my old show yeah. here, the sports show, we I had a kid named Scotty Manziara. Yep. And he was about 23, 24. This kid didn't know anything. <laughs> he didn't know it. We would, we would play stuff for him and Scotty. You know what this is? And he didn't know. Yeah. Nothing. That was an end of the segment. So Scotty bad doesn't know. That twenty year olds would call and say, This kid's an idiot. I know what that is. <laughs> He's making Scotty, us all look you? bad. No, I'm scared of what's gonna oh, happen. Yeah, from if this. you have some all right, we have a twenty three year old on staff. Yeah. Right here. Right Ethan here. Hannaford. He's sitting right in front of us. And at some point today, if, if you will just text us something you want us to ask him if he knows he what knows it is, it. we will do that. Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. Andy Banker though is next on KMOX. At uh, 12.15, we're going to revisit our new segment, which we're going to call Ask Gen Z. I love it. Uh, so if you have something you want us to ask Ethan Hannaford, if he knows what it is or mm -hmm. what it does, whatever the object is, um, go ahead and give us a suggestion. And we're going to ask Ethan at 12.15. But right now, we go to the Quiver River Electric guest line. And Fox 2 anchor and reporter Andy Banker is with us on KMOX. Good morning, Andy. How are you? Good morning, team. How about you guys? We're doing okay. And, of course, the reason we wanted to have you on is you had 
You were involved in an incident yesterday that I'm sure was terrifying in the moment. You want to describe what happened? Yeah, so we were shooting a story in South St. Louis that had nothing to do with what happened to us. Um, It was, well, I'm not even really need to go there, what we were doing, but it it was no kind of contentious issue that was going to uh, make people upset or draw any anger or that what you would that you might think would lead to us being targeted in any way. And I'm not sure that's what happened, but as uh, a news photographer, cameraman, people may say, uh, Brian Ledford and I were standing on spring Avenue near Chippewa. Uh, He was on the sidewalk. I was just barely off the curb. Um, And I had my back to a car that was approaching. Um, I didn't even really hear it. And all of a sudden you hear this repetitive clicking sound and I look over my shoulder and they were shooting at us. I didn't know what they were shooting, but you saw two, they were very colorful looking guns. They were, you know, like plastic. They appeared to be plastic to me. Actually, I only saw one of them, but there was a video of it that showed that someone was shooting from the front seat as well. And I couldn't count how many things were fired, but I got hit in the head. And uh, later it looked like I got hit a couple of times in my stomach or on my shirt. I had some marks. Um, and Brian, the photographer wasn't hit. And I even yelled at the guys after this happened, uh, they went up to the corner and turned mm-hmm. and, um, I, uh, <laughs> then I was really dawned on me, man, my head hurts. what they hit me with? What was this? I didn't even know. Um, but about a year and a half ago, we had done reports that there was some kind of pellet gun challenge where people were driving around randomly and shooting people and taking TikTok videos and posting it, you know, something truly stupid. But uh, I'd heard of some people being attacked or assaulted in this way, and I figured that's what it was. Um, and I talked to a couple of police friends, and I said, you really should report this. So I did. And uh, as we're talking to police in the street, uh, it became evident there there's some surveillance, some surveillance video from the neighborhood. And Boy, I posted a little bit of the video and uh, just the outpouring of concern. I I don't think I you know is merited, but um, it was pretty frightening. I guess it's a lot more scary than I thought it was at the time. Well, yeah, it, and I, it bothers me more looking at the video now than it did mm-hmm. when it really happened. You know, it probably feels a little bit like an out of body experience while it's happening because you have all of that adrenaline and, like you said. It wasn't until after they drove down the street, you kind of yelled that you realized that your head hurt. And I would imagine we hear so much in the news and, of course, the national discourse about shootings, whether it's violence on the streets or more mass shootings. My first reaction would would be to assume that this was a real gun or some type of shooting, like in the confusion of the moment. Yes. And even when you, you know, I told you they look sort of plastic, but I was like, they shot something at me. You know, what was this? And it was very close. The the car was not very far from me at all when it passed. Um, And I'd known some people who'd been hit. So I I think I sort of quickly put it together. One of the guys, you may know, he's a state rep from South St. Louis, Steve Butts. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Did we just have him in? We mm -hmm, did. We had him in studio about a week or so ago. I don't know if you ever spoke to him about this, but I interviewed him for a piece last night because I did want to just run this. I wanted you know, to have perspective on what this might have been. And um, he was walking from his front door to his car. 
lives in the Holly Hills neighborhood. And this happened to him. This was, mm. I think, not this May, but May of 22. And he it barely missed his eye. It hit him on the cheek right below his eye. Uh, and he got hit a couple of other places. And he thought he got stung by a hornet at first. And then he saw the uh, suspects creeping away, laughing at him, taking a video, and still pop, pop, popping away with the one of these guns. I'm not sure if it's a pellet or mini paintballs or these Orbeez. There was something going around called the Orbeez Challenge that they're like, Mm-hmm. Little Almost gel like caps or yeah. something. Yeah, and they uh, and then supposedly they freeze them so they hurt a little more. But uh, it's just my, a, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say it, it. The immediate takeaway, and I started thinking about this right away. Is when I started talking to police, I was just like, "Man, if I was one of you guys, and I felt that hit my head, and I heard what sounded a little bit like gunfire, and then you turn and look, and in an instant." You see something sticking out of the car and something, you know, being fired at you. If you had a gun at the ready, I think your first instinct would be to shoot. And, that, you know, Steve Butt said that to me. He's like, sooner or later, someone they're going to shoot the wrong person. They're going to have a weapon. Then we're going to have a real tragedy on our hands. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know that you wouldn't be justified. I, You know, I, I don't carry a firearm, but if I did, I'd want to protect my photographer my partner for the day who is out there working with you know um and myself so it's a a very stupid thing to be doing Um, i think police are going to find them and figure out who it was and what they were doing i i don't think they were targeting media but who knows it's the height of stupidity it's criminal and our, our mutual friend had something happen several years ago that i can only imagine how terrifying it would be i think it was 270 it might have been 170, but Michael Kelly of John Hancock and Michael Kelly was driving his car when his windows blew out of his car. Someone had shot, it was either a pellet gun or a BB gun, was shooting into his car, maybe part of that challenge, whatever it may be. And thank goodness he didn't crash. I I don't know how he kept his cool and kept driving, but if, if the windows of my car were shot out, I don't care if it's a BB gun or a pellet gun, that probably would have scared me enough that I could have swerved off the road or hit somebody else. Absolutely. I've never shared that. Michael's never uh, told me about that story. Yeah, I do know those guys. You know, I host a show with them mm-hmm. Sunday morning. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> On Fox, yeah. Hancock and Kelly. But yeah, it is scary. And um, I don't know what can be done. You know, where does this fall in the pantheon of pantheon of crimes it's certainly not to be dismissed but you know these are probably young people and i don't know what should happen to them uh, i think they are going to get caught they we have leads we have the license plate number and all of that and police are they're going to go get them um but we'll and we'll see what happens i mean it's by definition i guess it's a third degree felony assault which they ought to be worried about but i think they need to worry more about what could happen, like you said, someone's swerving off the road. This, we saw them later driving by continuing the fire mm. about an hour later. So, oh, um, Did you talk to, yeah. did any city leadership, either like uh, alder person, mayor, other, reach out to you? Obviously, you're in the, not that crime doesn't happen everywhere, but as a member of the media, it, you have a platform and more people saw what happened to you. Right. 
No, haven't yet. Uh, you know, we'll be following up on the in the coming days and see where uh, things take us. My uh, first reaction was to find someone that it had happened to other than me, and uh, I tracked Steve Butts down yesterday because I know I remember. You know, it really freaked him out and worried him, and you just you just wanted to stop. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not hurt in any way, and I'm not going to. Uh, I don't. I want to over inflate this for what it was. Um, but I don't, you know, I can obviously and easily see how this could turn into something very tragic. Well, Andy, we are, we're glad you're okay. No, that was terrifying and, and could have been a whole lot worse, but, um, I, I know, you know, we don't have to tell you just stay vigilant and, and hopefully, <laughs> thanks brother. You know, hopefully they'll, they'll figure out who did it and, uh, they can get a stern talking to. That's a new city motto. St. Louis. Stay, Stay vigilant. vigilant. Stay <laughs> vigilant. Yeah, no kidding. Andy, you guys too. Andy Banker. You too. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. All right. See you guys. That is Andy Banker with uh, Fox 2, anchor and reporter. Also um, was really good at uh, being the stadium announcer for the Rams. And then the Rams, uh, mm. stupid Rams left town. They were stupid. But he also so. hosts the Hancock and Kelly Sunday morning television show. He gets to spend time with them in suits. Fancy. Chris and Amy on KMOX Hour 3 coming up. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.